Jack and Canned. Colby's taking a sip of the beer and I started up the pod episode without him knowing it. <laughs> Ladies and gents, welcome to an NFL episode with the Jack and Can podcast. This is John Tessman and Kobe Tyler coming at you. Colbs, how you doing? Oh, good. How's it going, John? That was a pleasant surprise. Hey, man. Told you. I got you. <laughs> Mid, I feel bad, ladies and gentlemen, for Colbs. He was taking mid-sip. And as you could tell when somebody's actually taking a sip, you could see his throat <laughs> open. And I'm like, there's no way he's going to be able to say anything. And if he does, he's going to spit it all over the place. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me first bring this up before we transition into the NFL episode. Colby's vacation is almost over. Sad tone here. Colbs, please tell me you've been doing some awesome stuff over vacay i will tell you that monday and tuesday i got to do a decent bit of stuff just because michelle was off those two days so i got to spend a lot of time with her and actually got out and did things otherwise john my ass has been plopped on my bed not doing a damn thing all week i've actually felt lazy and normally i'm only ready to go back to work because i'm so bored this time it's not necessarily that it's just because i feel unhealthy how much i've been sitting at home not doing anything man you got to get that one of those Fitbits this holiday season, Culps. You got to get that 10,000 steps in or just sit there and just lay in bed and just get a weight set and literally don't move. <laughs> just look absolutely swole and just huge. Abraham Swallaberham will call you, right? And you'll just be sitting there just walking around like Macho Man. You'll have no endurance, though. No steps. They'll be like, dude, oh, my God. Yeah, you work out all the time. You're like, I literally sit in bed and I just lift weights. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea, but I think we're going to have to work on the name. I don't know if Abraham, what what was that? Swalberham. Swalberham. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work, John. What, what, what are you thinking for a name? Um, I'm kind of thinking Jacked and Can't. Woo! Dude, Cole. (laughs) Before we get into football, let me just go ahead and say this. So, ladies and gents, you don't know this, but obviously Colves does. So I was watching a little bit of Bellator MMA. They had a fight on uh, YouTube. They're broadcasting over here from Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. So I was a little jazzed off, right? So I'm going over there in, in the bathroom, and I'm like, yeah, man, like I'm going to throw a couple mock punches in the uh, the mirror because that's just what people <laughs> do. You know, I'm not a fighter or anything. So I go ahead and throw a couple of haymakers in the air. Bro, I end up like holding my arm. I didn't tell you about this. I'm like, God dang. Like my forearm was hurting. My shoulder was hurting. Just from throwing mock punches. I'm like, I'm going to tell you, John, chances are your form was off. Uh, Typically, you're not going to feel it through there unless your form is off. The only place you might really feel something if you throw it right might be your shoulder. I felt it in my forearm out of all places. I'm like, why the hell in my forearm? So that tells me you probably snapped a little too much from the elbow. That's Ooh. not a good way to do that. So it's just like a little, <laughs> you can't see this. Those of you that can't see John right now, John is flapping his arm around as if he's a fish out of water. Yeah, flick of the wrist. Flick of the wrist. <laughs> Get that money like a flicking wrist. But Colbs, anyways, man, NFL action. Let me just kick this off by saying, yes, here we are recording on a Thursday night. I was going to mess myself up there, Colbs, because there's so many NFL games now that are on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays. Wednesdays, Thursday. Like there's, oh, COVID today. They're delayed till Thursday at one o'clock. It's like what? But I, (laughs) we are here. It's Thursday night, and there's Thursday night football going on. The Patriots are losing seventeen to nothing over the Rams. It kind of makes me pissed that I didn't put the Rams in my picks for this week because I could have had an easy steal because I did take the Rams. They just weren't one of the picks I was given to everybody. I'm like, damn it. Dang it, Colts. 
dang it, man, there was the opportunity. But, but what else do we got going on the in the uh, NFL world, and and how are we looking for the picks that we did? This past week, predictions that we going on? What's going on? Well, we'll get there, John. But as you know, and as the audience knows, we start with the power rankings. Yes, sir. So we got, what are we going on? We got this week's power rankings, and we're going to start at number 10, as we usually do, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So coming off a bye here, the Bucks are going to be going into this week looking to make statements being that they have proven that they have the ability to be a very good team, yet they have not consistently delivered that product to the field. So I'm a little bit curious to see how they come out of the bye because oftentimes teams have an advantage when they've had the bye week. However, this is not the Bill Belichick coaching staff. This is the Bruce Arians coaching staff. So anything mm. that anybody has to add to me as far as to what Tom Brady's done through his career coming off a of bye, that's fine, well, and good. But that was under an entirely different coaching staff for literally the entirety of the rest of his career. So we're going to see what the Bucks do coming out of this particular weekend because I think it's going to mean a lot to what it is that they are, especially battling a Minnesota team that's really hungry to stay in the playoff hunt in a pretty packed NFC. Number nine, Cleveland Browns, the one yes. new addition to the top ten. They're getting now, some love, finally. Yeah, and it took that last performance, and I actually want to spend just a moment on the Cleveland Browns. For anybody that didn't get to catch the Tennessee-Cleveland game, what we saw out of Cleveland this last week was Kevin Stefanski and that coaching staff break out all, not the tricks, but all the stops. So they brought out everything that they had been kind of hiding throughout the course of this year. So they had been skimming it through a lot of bad teams, hence like the Philadelphia game. There were a lot of teams that were significantly less than Cleveland that they were just kind of rolling over and beating, and it looked lazy. It didn't look like a very good team. They just weren't accumulating any losses because they were playing bad football teams. Now, Cleveland this week busted out plays where you saw a mixture of anything from double uh, double moves from the receiving core. You yep. saw Baker look left pump left, throw right. You saw all sorts of things that you didn't typically see with that Cleveland offense, and that was probably the best game that Baker Mayfield's ever played. Now, I believe that they have a real test here this week against Baltimore because Baltimore is one of these teams that's also very hungry to stay alive in a AFC that's pretty packed up. Coles, so I know that we have a saying for Aaron Rodgers. Baker Mayfield did pretty good. I could already see your facial expression. So is is Baker Mayfield, he's shaking his head no. I was going to say, is Baker Mayfield just happy? Is he just, I don't know. Is he- <laughs> Baker Mayfield's a little bit too concerned with his commercials rather than the actual play on the field. That's good. That, that got me good. It's but good. it's also not wrong. I mean, Baker Mayfield's <laughs> one of these guys that he's very polarizing because he was a number one overall pick and he has a personality. And I've rooted for Baker in the way that I want more quarterbacks to have a personality. Yes. I hate when every time you hear a quarterback speak, it is what's known as quarterback speak where they don't say anything. They say words without actually delivering a sentence of any kind of meaning. So it would be really cool to see Baker be great. I just don't think that Baker's great. So that's the shout-out that I, I really wanted to give to Cleveland. So, <laughs> Of course you do. You're hopeful. 
I like how you tried to slip that in there. Like I wasn't going to notice. I was just going to move on. (laughs) I thought you were. I literally thought you were in transition. Anyhow, what's what's the next one? Number eight, my Seattle Seahawks. So they had a terrible performance against the Giants here, yet I do find them to still be one of the best teams in this league. That offensive line was shot last week, and I'm really hoping for some type of improvement for even if it's not all the same guys out there, because we don't have full-blown injury reports at this week, or at this time of the week, rather. But I am hoping that my Seahawk offensive line looks different than it did this last weekend. With that said, the Giants are also clearly on their way to some type of stardom as far as I don't think that they're going to be a good team, but they're looking to win that division. The Giants needed that game. They were able to take that game. And... Seattle was not ready for it. Now, one thing that I do want to tell you, John, is since week nine, Seattle has led the league in sacks. So where they didn't have that pass rush earlier this season, they not only have the pass rush, but they are displaying it better than any other team in football over the last few weeks. So I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. And obviously, anytime you improve your defensive line, you've made your secondary better because they don't have to do as much work. So kudos to the Seahawks for getting a problem fixed that was very big for them. Now I think their next challenge is going to be getting back to running the football, as I've said for a few weeks, because Russell Wilson can't do all of this on his own. Number seven, Los Angeles Rams. We've been going through the same thing with the Rams for the last, really the majority of the season and essentially all of last season. I don't know what I'm getting with Jared Goff week in and week out. The running game seems to be lessening as the weeks go on this year hence them having some struggles against teams that I don't think that they should be necessarily struggling with and losing games that I don't think they should necessarily be losing. I do actually think the Rams are just as good as the Seahawks in every category. So uh, outside of quarterback. So the Rams shouldn't be a team that's sitting with this record right now, but they are because they have deficiencies and a lot of it comes from just inadequate and not consistent play. Regardless, we got the Rams at seven. Number six, we got the Tennessee Titans. I know they just got smoked by Cleveland, but keep in mind, Tennessee also got smoked by Buffalo. It doesn't make Tennessee a bad team. They're just a team that occasionally isn't going to have a great performance. And that's one thing that I think is kind of a almost a theorem for the entirety of the NFL this year. There's a lot of teams that just can't do it every week. You're seeing a lot more parity this year. Granted, I think you have the last couple years as well, but you're seeing a lot more parity to where teams can occasionally be their best selves and then the next week be terrible with everybody with the exception of the Chiefs. So that is why we got Tennessee at six. I haven't lost faith in them, but they obviously didn't do anything to impress me last week. The only thing they did was make sure they kept the score respectable at the end of the game. Number five, we got the Buffalo Bills. So the Buffalo Bills, 9-3, and three, they've had a very good season thus far. They're looking good. Now, yes, they are. Um, again, we're going to go back to erratic quarterback play. So I don't ever know exactly what Josh Allen's going to do to me, but what I do know is it'll be exciting. I know that the team all in all has a lot of successful features to it. They have a very good defense outside of the run defense. And from a passing standpoint, it looks like the addition preseason – of gathering Stefan Diggs has been huge. That for was them. big. Yeah, it, it has been there. There's not a way around it. You can't pretend that that didn't happen and that that didn't have impact. Hey, Coles talking about Buffalo and stuff. And you know how uh, I got the fantasy and you know how I've been rooting for Singletary there for quite a while. 
their uh, other backup or their other running back Zach Moss. He has been like a no show. I was actually watching a piece of that game and they're like, yeah, here's Moss for the first time in a long time. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if that's systematic as far as something that they're intending to do for a reason or if that is more so player based. I don't know what that is, but I have noticed that as well. Number four, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. Number three, (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers. So I get to move them out of the two spot here. So. Pittsburgh, as I've been telling you, I was going to move them down the second that they lost a game. And granted, they do still have tied for the best record of the NFL, but they've been playing down to their competition in a way that we haven't seen a lot of teams do, especially successful teams. They're playing a three-point game pretty much regardless of who they're playing. That's going to come back to bite them. Now, they just lost to a Washington team that really has no business taking the field with them and being able to remain competitive. And they lost Mm. the game. Now, part of this might just be the fact that they are exhausted, and I actually think we're going to see that going forward. I really hope for them. I shouldn't even say that. They're my least favorite team. But (laughs) if they don't get one of those bye weeks, or actually I think only one team gets them now that we have the seventh playoff team, they're going to struggle if they don't get that bye week because they need a rest. They really do. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. So Taysom Hill is just Taysom Hill. It's not something where we're seeing the emergence of a new quarterback that's going to be a franchise guy, but you know that Drew Brees will be back, and you got to think that's going to benefit the offense. All in all, the Saints game right now hasn't really changed as far as what the coaching strategy has been. So the Saints continue to roll. They're currently 10-2, and and they look like the second-best team in the league to me. And as soon as Drew Brees gets back, I got more faith and confidence in them. The roster outside of quarterback right now is phenomenal, and I don't look for them to have any type of downside. Number one, Kansas City Chiefs. They're better than you. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think I need to go further. Yep. Oh, they, they only won by six against Denver. It's a div, uh, division rival, and they've had ups and downs with Denver. So we're going to dive into the picks from last week, John. So mm. win-loss, we went 11-4. and four. Spread, we went 9-6. and six. Over-unders, we went 9-6. and six. And Most importantly, what I gave the audience, we went 4-2 and two because I gave you guys the bonus pick with Miami. So we got a 4-2 and two last week. So we did have a good week last week, bringing us for the year win-loss, at 126, 62, and 1. So we're doing pretty solid there. I did the math out. It comes out to right about 67%. For the spread, we are 89, 96, and 4. So we're at about 48% there. So we're down seven games. So we got to get that back in the last four weeks. For the over-unders, by a mathematical error, turns out I'm still down three games. I'm 91, 94, and 4. <laughs> I actually thought that I broke it this week. I thought I was 91, 90, and four. And then I was looking at the numbers. I'm like, wait, that total amount of games doesn't match up. And I redid the math, and it turns out that I had given myself uh, four less losses than was need be with the over under. So I am 91, 94, and four. That's for awesome. the picks for the picks that I've given you guys, we are 26, 39, and one. So we're still down a decent ways. And for breaking news for what the picks will be going forward i'm going to be giving more picks because i'm trying to get this damn thing back so we're going to do another six games this week in the hopes that maybe we can score a five and one or a six and oh 
and really be back in there for the last three weeks of the year. But we're going to need a turnaround because if I just stuck with five games for the rest of this season, I would have to essentially ace it in order to get back on top. So we're going to give an extra game here for a week, and we're going to play it by ear. I'm telling you, if I'm within 16 games on the last week of the season, I'm just giving you all the games. I will skip power rankings. (laughs) (laughs) So going into this week, we got Arizona at the New York Giants. Arizona is minus one and a half, and I am taking the Arizona Cardinals. So (laughs) the Cardinals have lost three straight, and – I don't foresee them being that they are still in a playoff hunt the way that they are, dropping a game to a team like the Giants. Granted, I know the Giants just beat my Seahawks, who I do believe to be better than the Cardinals, but I don't think that there's the transparative property of the Giants that are better than the Cardinals. I don't. And the Giants just had a big win. I see this being something that they're going to falter in. Arizona is going to come out pissed off and ready to go. Arizona minus one and a half. I've got a little bit of a ballsier pick here. There's Indy minus three at the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm taking Vegas. I got this as a home dog where I believe that with the way that the Raiders have looked the last two weeks, barely beating the Jets and getting crushed by the Falcons. You got to keep in mind right before that, they almost beat the Kansas City Chiefs for a second time this season. So I do believe that the Las Vegas Raiders are about to have a little bit of a turnaround special, if you will. Derek Carr, up until recently, was somewhere at the very, very edges of the MVP conversation. And although the Colts have played good football, I just think this is a spot where the playing field levels out a little bit, and we're going to see a Vegas victory. Third pick, as much as I hate to do it after last week saying the same damn thing, I got the New York Jets and Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks are minus 13 and a half, and I'm taking my Seahawks even on the Giants spread. Because as I said last week, they are due for a damn double-digit win. And I think this is going to be the one, because if it's not, I don't know who you're going to get it against. The Jets are the worst team in football, so if you can't beat them by more than two touchdowns, then damn it, maybe I need to go back to the drawing board. Coming over to Washington at San Francisco. San Francisco is minus three and a half. I actually have Washington here. I never thought I would say this this season, but I have Washington beating the San Francisco 49ers this week. Finally. Keep in mind, keep in mind, they are also in this playoff hunt in the NFC East, as is the entirety of the division. And Washington, to me, actually looks like uh, potentially the best team going through this, although the Giants have been impressive Washington did just knock off the undefeated Steelers, but even more so than that, what I really get from Washington is that since Alex Smith's been in there, they've at least had the ability to move the ball. So I'm foreseeing this as a way where we're talking about a backup quarterback with Nick Mullins for San Francisco. It looks like George Kittle's still going to be out as well. And on the other end, we've got an Alex Smith that looks like Alex Smith. He doesn't look like he's lost it. Granted, he was still only so good even when he had it. But I think it's good enough to get them by a San Fran team where they're both currently five and seven. So I got Washington here. Now we've got the eleven and one Pittsburgh Steelers at the nine and three Buffalo Bills. Bills are minus <laughs> two and a half. Now, what Vegas tells you is they judge the better team. <clears throat> they judge the better team in the way where if they think the two teams are even, they will put the home dog or the uh, home team rather at minus three. 
This has Buffalo a minus two and a half, telling you that they believe Pittsburgh to be the better team. Now, there's two things that I think here. One of which, as I stated, we're talking about Pittsburgh being what looks to me as exhausted, being the way that they've been playing. And mm-hmm. with them being exhausted, they are also coming off a short week now. Granted, so is Buffalo. They both played um, Monday night. However, I think the Buffalo is more rested for this. They're more ready to go. And the other thing is that Buffalo's one real weakness outside of that they have kind of inadequate quarterback play at times is that they don't have a great run defense. Well, what the Steelers do is they drop Big Ben back there 45 times a game to throw the ball. They don't have much of a run offense. So what Buffalo's bad at, Pittsburgh's not going to play into. I got Buffalo winning this one by, uh, it might be a one-score game, but I'm taking a minus two and a half. So we got Buffalo there. And then for our last pick, we got Baltimore at Cleveland, Baltimore minus one. As much praise as I gave Cleveland this last week, we got to go Baltimore minus one here. Reason being, now, one thing that is an oversimplified way to put this, when you look at teams, uh, when you look at a team's record, you see what they are, and you compare that in your mind to what their record should be based on the way that they've played. Baltimore, seven and five, Cleveland, nine and three. I think that these two teams are a lot closer than that. I actually think Baltimore is the superior team. So when I look at this game, I say, okay, I see Cleveland dropping a game and Baltimore getting a win a lot more than I see that going in the reverse. And I know that that doesn't break down anything statistically. I know that doesn't drive any numbers that are going to hit home and make you go, oh, that's why I should choose that team. To me, this is a law of averages game. So in essence, just to break back down all the games, we got Arizona minus one and a half at the Giants. We got Vegas plus three at home against the Colts. We got Seattle minus 13 and a half against the Jets. We got Washington plus three and a half at San Francisco. We got Buffalo minus two and a half with Pittsburgh coming to town. And we got Baltimore minus one at Cleveland. John. Any insight, any great expertise you can lend? Some great expertise that I can lend is, oh my gosh, the Dallas Cowboys look like they're done out of the NFC East. I think that that's finally sealed it. I've been calling it for a while now. You hear it, you heard it here on Jackson Can of Alex Smith leading the pack. I still got a feeling they're going to do it, but now Colt McCoy's in the mix, so I don't know. You might elevate the Giants. Here's, here's what I'm wondering if you heard, Colbs. During the Dallas game, <clears throat> they had Troy Aikman make some uh, make some uh, suggestions or some comments, I guess you can say it, on the football game. Did you happen to see that or hear the kickback that he's getting from the fans? I can't say that I did. What did he say? He basically was just calling out the team, and basically to sum it all up, you'll have to go check out his statement, uh, everyone, but he's just calling out the team hardcore and saying, I don't know what they have to do exactly, but they have way too much to work on in the offseason and way too many things to do. And I'm like, oh, dang it, Dallas. What the frig? So well, I, I wonder. Yeah, I can't say I disagree with them. I know. And I wanted to tie that in because it's like, man, the Cowboys are doing bad. And then I'm like, my fantasy team, we haven't talked about it in a little while, but I went down to four and nine now. And it's like, come on. So I'm, I'm hoping I'm going against Big Bush Gang this week. 
That's the username <laughs> I'm playing against. Yep. Hey, good thing the pod is rated PG. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that I could pull off a victory because he's 10 and 3, 4 and 9, and it's a hopeful. I've taken down one of the high top uh, leaders before. So come on. In my starting lineup, we got Patrick Mahomes, James Conner. We got Devin Singletary, Robbie Anderson. Come on, Robbie. What's up? We need PJ Walker in the game, so I'll light it up. Anyways, we got CD Lamb, Travis Kelsey. Uh, we got Devontae Johnson, Dan Bailey, and the Chargers defense playing. And Kalen Balaj is on the bench. I might move him up there. I don't know. Kalen, what's up? I would actually probably put him ahead of James Conner for this week, John. You think so? Well, here's the thing. Like I said, Buffalo's defense isn't really great against the run, so you would think that James Conner might be able to get his. But Pittsburgh really doesn't run the ball much. So I I just don't think that you're going to get much out of James Conner pretty much all season. Uh, I can't imagine about, that you have. No, he was, he was doing pretty good. James Conner was doing pretty good fantasy-wise, but uh, I wanted to correct it. I, said, I think I said Devontae Johnson. It's Deontay Johnson. I think I said Devontae. Yeah, I don't enough. know. I just wanted to correct it. I have a history of saying Latavius, Latavius, and all the Lamarco. And <laughs> now, did I hear you say you have Dan Bailey as your kicker? Yeah, he's still kicking. He's still kicking, man. Vikings. Where is he? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea he was still in the league. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Of course, I'm hopeful. He was really good on the Cowboys. He was leading the NFL for quite a while. Dude, I'm telling so, you, on, these Dan kickers Bailey. don't die. These kickers will sit there and kick till they're 47, 48 years old, like literally till their leg falls off. How old do you think he is? Dan Bailey? Mm-hmm. Let's go with 37. 32. He's oh, close okay. to he's younger age. than I thought. Okay. No, he's. I definitely thought he was older. Okay. So he might that? be around for another solid 10 years. <laughs> you want to know something else about Dan Bailey, John? What's that? He is the all-time field goals made leader for the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, sir. That's why I picked him up. Hopeful that he's going to continue that path in other franchises. Maybe end back in da- end back in Dallas. I like that John does that like he knew that stat. I did. <laughs> did That's you really? I, him up. I really did. I promise. Yeah. I, why okay, do you think I'm I got him? So for the audience, just real quick, me and John <laughs> might be throwing together a live video tomorrow. Granted, I guess that really means nothing to you guys right now, considering that you won't be hearing this episode by then, more likely than not. But... You guys might be getting a live video here soon, and obviously, if you don't catch it while it's live, you can always watch it on Facebook um, as it does stay within our Facebook uh, videos. I I don't know exactly what mode. Yeah. So me and John do plan on having a video out here soon. Brother, you know how to end it, man. Jacked and canned. This was Jacked and Canned. Tune in to new episodes on iTunes and check out what the boys are getting themselves into on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Jacked and Can. Presented by No One.